Welcome to the PFFA pod. I'm your host, Kyle McLowry, and this one's a little different. Um, in light of the COVID social distancing issues we're uh, dealing with, this was our first remote podcast, and it was just done on a platform where we were able to use uh, earbuds with built-in microphones. So the sound quality certainly is not what um, we like to use, but uh, certainly not that big of a sacrifice. So I apologize for some background noise or just a little bit of a lower sound quality, but that's what we got for, for this particular remote recording. And in addition, it's a little different. This is just uh, three of us, three firefighters, sitting down and talking about some of the stressors or the differences of the things that we're dealing with that we've been facing since the, the quarantine. And so I found some value in the conversation that I wasn't expecting. And I think that if there was any takeaway that I got from it was just the actual experience in the process of, of having the conversation. I have to admit, which a lot of it got left on the editing room floor, so to speak. We talked for well over an hour, um, maybe an hour and a half, and um, it got edited down to just over 30, 30 plus minutes. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is the takeaway being uh, maybe if this doesn't do particularly anything for you, that that's fine. But um, hopefully, uh, you can you have people in your life that you can just talk to uh, about what you're going through, whether it's in, intense or stressful or not. I think that the value is there, and it may not you may not recognize it. I didn't recognize it until almost after it was done. So um, I thank both Scott and Chris for their time. And here's the podcast. So thanks, you guys, for taking the time to talk today. The overall subject for our discussion is going to be COVID-19 related and specifically identifying and sort of regulating any additional stressors that we have living through this, the quarantine, both for us, ourselves professionally as well as personally and even in the larger community. So... As usual, for uh, these uh, uh, discussions, I want to start with introductions. I believe that most of the people listening know you guys, but, you know, not everybody. There are some newer people. So I'll, let's go to Scott first. If you could just tell everybody who you are, how long you've been with the Bureau and the peer support team, and, you know, where, where, where you're working, that sort of thing. Sure. So I'm Scott Pearson. Uh, I was hired by the Bureau in 2006, class 0605, right behind a stellar class with Cal, Cal McLeod was in. Yeah. I am stationed at uh, Station 16 on C-Shift, and I've been with the peer support team, I want to say roughly about a decade. Uh, nice. Really, really got my start uh, helping out doing the family survival nights, and that kind of morphed into mm -hmm. a little more... Um, working with the peer support team to where we're at now. So you're about 13, 14 years in? Yeah, that is correct. And though I would say I, I think of you very much as a 13s guy, so you were 13s for a lot of your career, correct? Yes, off and on for, for most of it. Oh. I bopped around a little bit here and there, but spent a, the chunk of the time on, on A shift at 13s. Right on. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Chris, could you do, do the same? Sure. Uh, Chris Riddell. I got hired in 2007 here. Um, I spent the majority of my career at 22s. Uh, got there in 2009. I'm still there today. I've oh. uh, been on A-shift for all but the first nine months of that. I'm trying to think. I've been on the peer support team 
since the relaunch, I've been part of it ever since the relaunch. Wow. So did the IFF training in, was it October? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In October of Eight, 18, 18, 17, uh, 18. Let's call it 18. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that was actually the second time I went through that. I went through it with uh, Twalton Valley also, the IAFF um, peer support training, which was in April of 18. Right. So right. went I through guess, it twice. It was really good both times. And I guess I have to say that, you know, you guys are both here talking because of the experience you have with the peer support team. You're not here speaking for the team by any means. This is just three uh, firefighters talking to each other, We're not experts in the field um, of peer support. You guys certainly more than I am. But I just wanted to sort of have the disclaimer up front that I think it's important to to at least identify that we are you guys are not here and in your capacity I should put it that way does that sound about right? Yeah, that's right. I'm yes. we're not here talking okay. in official capacity. It's just just us talking. Um, okay. I think because we're all passionate about the topic. Yeah. So as I mentioned, we're going to be focusing on the stressors that we've all been facing. Um, in and out of the bureau uh, with the, the quarantine, um, and get to some more sh- of the strategies and resources that are available before we sort of go down that road. Um, I thought it'd be good to maybe just talk about some of our, our more narrow or some of our own personal uh, experiences, um, how the quarantine has affected us personally, professionally, potentially, psychologically as well. Um, I don't know who wants to jump in. Uh, anybody? Go ahead, Scott. I defer to you. Okay. Okay. I, mean, I, can, I can do it if you want. I'm, I'm happy to. No, no. Uh, well, that's what we kind of talked to this earlier. Uh, we were just I was sharing that, you know, I'm kind of part of that sandwich generation where I've got grown kids and grandkids mm. uh, that, you know, uh, you never stop parents. We still kind of, you know, are close to and you still kind of watch out for and, and uh, they're, they're on their own, but yet you still are watching out for them. And then I've got elderly parents or older parents uh, that that live actually next door to Lisa and I mm-hmm. so uh, while we have our youngest who he and his wife are due to have twins coming up here within any time now in the next month or sooner oh really that's uh, soon huh yeah during the congratulations thank you well it's it's all them but yeah uh-huh. uh, but you know them going through that with is stressful for them with the whole covid crisis right it just it ramps up the possibility of that being a worse uh, scenario and then uh, a father who uh, battled cancer in december january and beat that and uh but also makes makes him not only by their age but uh, with him having had cancer makes him at a higher risk for this to be a real negative thing as well and so watching out watching out for them trying to get them to slow down as they're both very heavily involved uh, at their church, and they have do some stuff with the food pantry and stuff, and right. trying to be out there and serve others, and trying to it, you know support them in that, but yet also convince them that they they need to watch out for themselves. So he's well. he's potentially immune compromised currently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a little scary. Yeah, it is. So uh, you know that can be stressful from time to time not to mention that you know we've just because of that kind of taken on the role of being the primary shoppers for the family so right. you know, make sure my parents don't have to needlessly go out and get groceries trying to i don't want the, the kids to have to go out to costco with the grandbabies yeah you know, stuff like that so just trying to help out so there's times you can feel a bit overwhelming where 
Whereas before, running to the store for something was a simple trip. It's now magnified by not only the the lines to get in whatnot, right. but you're not just shopping yourself. You're balancing a couple, three to four shopping lists, making sure you're getting stuff for for everybody. Yeah, I don't know if it's like this for you, but I imagine that your dad's anything like mine, trying to get him to change his ways or do something that you ask him to do. That it's not as easy as it ought to be. You hit the nail on the head, my friend. That yeah. Is, yeah. It seems, it seems so simple. It seems so not, you know, sensible. But, yeah. Have, oh, have mean, you guys I'll, ever I'll, met my dad? <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would say the thing that makes all three of our dads, having actually met Kyle's dad before, too, while shopping, working in a, a culture. Oh, dude, that's but, right. Funny. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking about three fellows that are pretty strong, independent. The thing that made them... Great dads and, and teachers for us, you know, supermen to us, God. is now the thing you're like, oh. So, I don't mean to interrupt you, Scott. So, my dad, no, that's fine. My dad's a pathologist. <laughs> He's studied disease for the past 50 years, and he won't wear a mask when he goes to Fred Myers. Oh, my God. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't need to worry about that. If, someone, if someone's not coughing, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, I, uh, okay. Uh, you should know better. Anyways, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we ended up canceling our big 30-year anniversary trip, and I, I canceled an annual guy's trip for March Madness. So, yeah. I mean, can we can we go back and hit that real quick? Sure. But one of the things, the, the, the kind of disappointment, selfishly disappointing things from that sort of frustrating things was, you know, annually I have uh, a trip for March Madness uh, to Reno with a group of guys, and, and this is a group of friends. We've been friends for... 25 to 27 years I've known these guys some uh, some of the group longer some a little bit less but but we converge from all over the country one guy comes from Hawaii one from San Jose uh, one from uh, Denver Colorado uh, a few guys from different points in Oregon and we and we we come together this once a year and uh, watch basketball you know down in Reno all day long and then uh, you know play some cards at night and stuff hang out and reconnect and, and it's our one time a year to kind of come together and and it became evident you know obviously starting kind of early in march that this maybe wasn't going to be a thing and as, as we would share emails and text messages i kept kind of saying like oh this isn't looking good guys i i, I wouldn't be surprised at some point they start shutting down casinos and one of the guys protested oh they'll never they'll never shut down Reno or vegas you know mm-hmm. and, and another guy was like hey it's the guy in california was the one that chris it's you know it, it uh they shut down and started the stay at home uh, kind of early on. Yeah. He's like, "Well, we're we've been basically we're on a stay at home order here," and uh, yeah, so that was that was again totally selfishly, but something I look forward to for eleven months and three weeks out of the year for that one week to see that group <laughs> yeah. of buddies that was just and to see it slowly crumble in front yeah. of us like, "Oh, this uh, this this is a blowover." Oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, this is going to be real bad. Oh, this is going to make this difficult. This problem yeah. is going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen. And then, you know, and then looking further out, I mean, this this trip uh, for Italy isn't for a couple more months away, a few more months away, but just seeing that it's just, it's not going to happen. Right. Having to, having to kind of make that call was, was not easy. You know, I've been, I've since my wife grew up in Europe and, uh, since early in our marriage, it's been a, a conversation, you know, oh, for our 10th, mm. our 10th, big trip on our 10th mm. to go go back to Europe. And then, you know, 
kid the kids were an age where right. it just wasn't convenient, you know, for you know, for our fifteenth and then <laughs> at that point, you know, the kids are in junior high. Yeah. Uh, for our twentieth at that point we got one in college, another one, you know, yeah. graduating high school and and on and on and on it goes to like, all right, this is the year and we had this yeah. wonderful opportunity via Pat McMahon who invited us to join him because he had a place to stay. All we had to do is buy the tickets and go. It's been this wonderful trip with a good friend to go hang out and and uh to, to watch that kind of implode has been kind of a, a heartbreaker. But again, I think you mentioned this before, uh, first world problems. Yeah. But nonetheless, still things that can cause stress. It's a significant life disruption, disruption yeah. disappointment. Yeah. I, I'd imagine every single person out there who hears this, all 10 of them, are uh, <laughs> going to have, gonna have a yeah. similar story. I mean, it happens right before spring break. I was going to be, we were going to be in Joshua Tree for spring break. You know, and we pulled out, you know, right right before. Um, just lots of plans were disrupted. Yeah. Where did, where did she grow up in Europe? Uh, Germany. You know, the, the funny thing is that, again, we've been married for coming up on 30 years together for 33. And this, this is kind of to speak to, sorry, that, that first world problems, you know, we can look at that. But you, you learn we've gone to a number of, uh, throughout our marriage com- marriage conferences, uh we tend to just do some some marital counseling a uh, little bit throughout the year, just you know, little tune-ups we call them. Yeah. But we we have found that really one of the biggest things that causes conflict in any relationship, be it be it family, friends, your spouse, it's it's always based on expectations, right? We expect something, it doesn't come to, and that causes the conflict. You know, my expectation was when dinner was done, you would help with the dishes and instead you went and grabbed the paper or sat in front of the TV that therein comes the rub. My expectation was this. So in the same way, our expectation was to go have this wonderful vacation together. Now that's not going to happen. So in comes the conflict. And and, uh, I don't know, maybe that's a little too much dime source psychology, maybe a little talk in circles, but that's, you know, edit that out. Yeah, if you have no expectation, it's hard to be disappointed. Right, right. But but that's no way to live either, too, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. My wife and I travel quite a bit um, internationally. And she does a lot of, like, she gets all nerdy into, like, the researching and planning and, like, figures out where we're going to, like, where we're going to we're gonna stay in this place for this long and we're going to do this thing in this place for this long. Um, and I am just, like not that's not like i i've been like that and it's really fun but i've also um f- taken led us astray at times like where i'm like i really want to do this one thing because it's going to be awesome and then i'm like that was awesome but not as awesome as i was expecting right yeah <laughs> could have been awesomer <laughs> <laughs> hashtag yeah. awesomer yes. awesomer it's a real word more be- more better more better that's right <laughs> um well, I'll, I'll jump in. I can say, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, this is super selfish, my life hasn't changed that much. I still, still go to work every third day. I'm a homebody by nature, so I'm home a lot. But the weird thing about being home is now everyone else is there. So I've got two teenage kids, and my wife uh, works at Portland State. She's a director of field studies there for the social work school. And um, being the director has a lot of on her plate. And those first couple of weeks when she got sent, sent home to work from home were absolute mayhem in my house. Um, so there's, there's a, you know, as you know, everybody out there, it's great 
to be able to get to work, to be with our work family. And for me, it's almost less. Of course, I'm working at 15s now, so it's quieter. But there's less, less stress at work in some ways than at home. Um, but it was something that sort of crept up, and of course, I wasn't expecting. But I do know that it sort of gets to a point at, during the day where something needs to happen. And I'm, you know, I told these guys earlier, it's often happy hour when that time comes around. It's not the best way of coping. I have managed to change that a little bit now. I'm getting out running more. But as far as how it's affected me uh, mentally, it was very sort of, it sort of crept up. I didn't really realize what was going on because it seemed like not that much was changing. But um, also dealing with the teenagers at home, trying to figure out the school situation, uh, not awful. I should count my blessings that I don't have younger kids, but it was, um, and it still remains hard to keep on top of what's supposed to be going on. So I don't know if I'm really quite hitting all the points I wanted to hit, but I'm imagining, I want to imagine that people are going through similar things, and I know that many of you out there have much harder things to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis at home, and quite frankly, at work as well. Um, that's it. I think I'll stop there. My home life. Um, it's just my wife and I. We're, we're dinks. Uh, no kids. For me personally, I, I started thinking about this a little bit. Um, when this first started, when we first started having the, the quarantine or isolate or stay home, stay safe order, um, my, wor my wife works um, pretty high level job. Uh, normally she works uh, home from two days a week. Works from home two days a week. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, um, she also has a really great team that she works with, mm. um, and they really appreciate and enjoy each other. And now they don't get to see each other except via yeah. Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever whatever they do. Um, sounds very similar to my my wife's situation. Yeah, yeah. It's it was it was a challenge. And then additionally, my wife's super active. And in, in, in addition to being uh, super extroverted mm. and being very social and having a lot of like really good friends. She also works out like a fiend, uh, triathlete does orange theory mm -hmm. two or three days a week. Um, like does long distance running just is always super, super active. Um, and now the gyms are closed and she didn't really have an outlet to right. burn off some of that excess energy that she has. Uh, long story short, after about a two-week period, um, we kind of, not really an implosion, but it was, uh, we kind of, she, she broke down. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I was feeding into it as well because I'm, at that time, still preparing, uh, studying a bunch for the upcoming lieutenant's exam process, whatever. Um, and so, like, just go 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 right um and not really being very present at home which is one of my faults you know um, right. i can easily throw myself into work stuff because there's always there's always something to, to study or do or research or whatever else um but she asked for help um you know i'd, I'd kind of been um scott and i kind of get these emails from this symposium uh, the Behavioral Health Symposium um, from the uh, FRCE, the First Responder Center for Excellence. Uh -huh. um, 
and it just had like some some tips for dealing with uh, dealing with family members who are now working from home or who are uh, socially distancing. And so I just was like, oh, that's really cool. We should here listen to this. This sounds like a really good idea. Um, you know, some pretty what I thought was simple stuff, um, mm-hmm. but trying just to I don't know, plant a seed. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't really, uh, it didn't take root, so to speak. And then right. she finally asked for help. Um, and so I kind of took more of a, an active, um, more of an active, active stance. Uh, like, okay, let's do this on this day. Uh-huh. And this and this and this. At the sake of potentially derailing you, but I apologize for interrupting. Yeah. How would members... If they're interested in that email from the FRC, is that something that people could tap into or they could find, or would you be able to direct people to that? Um, yeah, we should be able to. I'm trying to think. I'd, I'd get it to my bureau email. Um, Tell you what, I, I can look it, to see if there's like a, sub, a subscription thing or whatever. I can put it in the show notes. So um, if you can figure out what it is, well, I'll, we can do that for, for the show notes. Oh, yeah. I can totally figure okay. it out. Sorry. So I continue. So you were starting to figure out some more specifics, some more organized yeah, yeah, just like come up with like a detailed plan of how we can. And the, it started with just like um, she thought she was doing fine. Mm. I could, I can kind of see that she wasn't. Mm-hmm. But um, and you, you're married. All of us are married. They're on here, or have had. It's it's not it's not great. You don't you don't wind up having a wonderful evening if you point out that you're you're kind of you're kind of not really being yourself right now. <laughs> You know, and it, it takes a lot to do that. And sometimes the person isn't ready to hear that. Um, yeah. So I just just tried to take care of myself as best I could. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we, we just by talking it through kind of it helped a lot. Um, we were still isolating ourselves. We've never dealt with something like this. Like all your feelings are valid, you know, like mm-hmm. everything that, mm-hmm. that you're experiencing, everybody's experiencing but that doesn't mean that you can't experience it. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just so true. I mean, we have a lot to be thankful for and there's our, I guess you could, you could sort of try and push them under the rug as first world problems, but yeah. they're, they're still, they're still legitimate. Right. No matter what feeling pops up, it's like, that's your feeling. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to validate it. Like, yeah, that, it's okay that I feel this way. Like sit in that and like discover what it feels like. And then, when you when you figure out like oh yeah that like your brain will naturally pull you to like mm-hmm. yeah that's okay but I don't want to sit here and stew on this forever like let's think about something more positive like what can we do to bring ourselves out of this um, well the other piece of this like she threw her back out like uh, right about the uh, ten day mark so just under two <laughs> weeks she threw her, uh, she threw her back out where she like now she she can't run like she right. she can't do all the all the things that like are gonna work to pull her out. That's and the worst. It's the worst, man. Ugh. Um, I got us a rowing machine down in my basement. She started out using it like for about five minutes every day, mm-hmm. just to like try to get the, the back to loosen yeah. up, you know. And and it did. And now she's just down there killing it, forty-five minutes awesome. in the morning, and you know she'll go for a run in the afternoon and then take a long walk. Yeah. You know, some, some other yeah. off days or whatever. Yeah, let's say that's the same thing over my house. That is a, um, my, well, she, my wife will work until five most days. 
and it's like that's a that's like a hard stop and out the door walking. I live I live close to Mount Tabor. So oh, nice. One of our we should walk with a neighbor or sometimes meet some some other friends, and it's like five to six, you know, power walk, which is awesome. It's just you know that's but similar thing. Gym's not open, so it's yeah, make it work. Yeah, there's so much to be said just for like going on a nature walk, like especially at Mount Tabor where there's a bunch of fir trees and shade and everything it's else. A, it's a nice spot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's why I run. Yeah, I like it up there. I do too. I like it except for the hill. That's good for you. It, it being a mount, that kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm much more of like a downhill runner. <laughs> like towards food. Mm, towards food. Yeah. Towards a big pile of spaghetti. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. All right, so... Uh, so the, the I talked briefly about the lieutenant's process and mm-hmm. uh, kind of being all in on that. I'm also, you know, like always trying to figure out uh, what I can do for the like to make the peer support team better. And so I she she challenged me. She's like, you've been trying to become a lieutenant for the last two years and like putting all your whole self into it this the peer support thing or the behavioral health aspect of it you've been putting in for longer than that um she's like i just want to know like when do i become a priority mm. and for her to say it and it's not the unfortunately it's not the first time that she's ever brought that up um she's like if you become a lieutenant it's gonna be another year of you know you're gonna you're gonna throw yourself into into that because that's who you are. And I just want to make sure that you're thinking about the fact that I'm here and I'm, I also want to be a part of your life. And I'm like, Oh shoot. I uh, really messed that one up because in my mind and in my, what I think is my action, she is the most important part of my life. Um, and so it, it was a real personal blow. Um, to me that I, that I had not portrayed that to her. Um, so I've uh, been trying to work on setting boundaries, which is a real challenge for me. Um, and I don't know how to do it all the time. Um, not, not taking on more than I, than I think I can. Um, I always think I can do more. I always think I can take on more than what I actually should be taking on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I'm spread too thin. I'm not really giving anything my full attention, which uh, can be completely detrimental for a lot of things. Um, but it was, uh, it was, that was a, that was a, a personal challenge to me that she just threw down right in front of me. And it was like, okay, I hear loud and clear, hun, and I'll work on it. She's like, I know you will. That's why I brought it up. I'm like, okay. So I haven't lost your faith. I just just need to hear the message and actually do something about it. So that was um, it was it was a, it was uh, both really tough for me to hear and uh, very valuable for me to hear. So I don't know that was that was my that's part of my part of my stuff was that in the last i mean is that something that's happened in the last five six weeks yeah oh okay. yeah that was okay. that was like that was about the same time that uh she was devolving um like right i don't know if it was right before or right after she kind of asked me for help to help her out mm-hmm. 
um, to, to pull herself out of that. Um, I think it was right before. Okay. Anyway, the rebound from that is uh, over the last three, four weeks, we've been, honestly, I feel like we're more connected than we've been. Um, well, you guys okay for, to transition into some of the strategy discussion? Sure. Yeah. So um, aside from the, the, well, relatively obvious of, you know, keep exercising, get out there, move around, eat well, drink less. Um, what are some of the sort of strategies and or resources available that you think, you know, and, and I think part of the underlying message here is that, you know, we're talking about our stressors. Everybody has stress on them from the current situation. And now we're talking to our membership right now. Um, and for the most part, our membership probably does a good job with uh, eating well and exercising. Drinking less, probably not so much. But um, some other other ideas you guys have you think can just sort of throw that throw out there for um, ideas for, for people to help keep uh, taking care of themselves and each other. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of this stuff, exercise, movement, uh, talking openly with people, it's all interconnected, right? Um, the the one thing that isn't specifically mentioned or you didn't specifically mention is sleep. Mm. Um, and, and sleep, I think is the, it's the most important thing, mm -hmm. um, that, that we can do is make sure that we're as much as, as much as we can getting the, the proper amount of sleep, which is seven plus hours every single night. Um, I don't know if you've ever, if anybody's ever, uh, heard about or read about sleep hygiene, but it basically means like, um, having a specific sleep system in mind, meaning like try to go to bed at the same time every night mm -hmm. um, and wake up within, you know, 20, 30 minutes of each other each night, you know, mm -hmm. or each morning. Mm -hmm. um, sleep hygiene also means like blacking out the windows. Uh, or if you, if you don't have blackout curtains, then like I sleep with an eye mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a terrible sleeper. I've been battling insomnia since I was 19. So for the last 20 years, um, and it's because it turns out I'm super anxious. <laughs> Who knew? That's uh, weird. I'm, I'm wild and tight. I didn't, I didn't know that about myself. That's super weird. Yeah. Up until I'm not going to lie up until a year ago, I always told myself like, no, I'm super easy going. <laughs> I'm fucking not. Are you kidding me? Not so much. No, I'm not, I'm not easy going at all. Like, I'm, I'm super tight. Uh, that's funny yeah it's hilarious uh, um, but yeah making sure that you can do that anyway that's where the alcohol thing comes in to, to it as well uh, if you're so a cocktail or two might relax you on the surface but it prevents you from going into the deep sleep right. that deep restorative sleep uh, you might have some crazy dreams but you're never you, just like when you wake up with a hangover you never feel rested yeah um, and I'm you know I'm, I'm known i I have a beer. You guys both know I like to, I've tied one on several mm -hmm. times. Last week, I decided to take just four days um, and not drink at all and see how I slept. And I slept a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not saying I tie one on every night or anything, um, but, you know, having a cocktail or two is not uncommon. Right. Um, and just not, by not doing that, it, it definitely helped me. So Scott, what do you have? What do you have for? I'm sorry, Chris. Was that a, is there anything you wanted to add? To I don't think so. 
I went off so, a tangent and got lost. No, it's, it's it's good. At least you weren't throwing a beanbag or playing the drums on the keyboard <laughs> like the like your your fifty slash eight year old cohort here who just has to sit and fidget like an uh, an eight year old in Sunday school. That's awesome. I was I was once described by Steve Sharp. We walked into thirteenth. Uh, we had a I remember it was a call. We just went to stop and take a look at the Comic Con, and he looked around at the chaos and he said, "Pearson." I imagine this what's go this is what goes on inside your head every second of every day. And I said, You're you're pretty right, my friend. You are nailed you are, it. Nailed it. <laughs> but what what I was gonna share is just and bear with me for the cheesiness of it, but I've shared it several times with people and it, it kind of it hit up for me and I think it was something in the early stages this is my wife was just a little stressed about <clears throat> again, being that sandwich generation, our parents uh, our kid, you know, her parents, my parents, our kids, uh, you know, wanting to be there and help take care. She's a nurturer. She wants to take care of everybody and how she could do that with this all going down and was getting herself concerned. And, and uh, University of Houston, uh, the Department of Psychology uh, Trauma and Stress Study Center put out this little acronym. It came in one of the FRCE things that, that we got. Normalizes the word. Yeah. N is to uh, name the people you love and practice gratitude. Awesome. So, you know, count your blessings for lack of a better term. Oh, organize your schedule. R, restructure negative thinking patterns. For example, is my thinking reality-based or is it anxiety-based? Mm. Uh, try to, as best you can, manage the M, manage those difficult emotions. Mm -hmm. A, accept difficult emotions knowing that they are normal and will pass. The L is listen to yourself. Uh, validate. Do not, uh, don't be harsh about yourself or others. Uh, I, identify coping skills that are working for you mm -hmm. and implement those. Uh, Z, zero in on the things that you can control. Instead of looking around all the stuff that is out of control, zero on those, those little things you can control. Um, and then E, the, the last letter, elaborate on positive memories, experiences, and future plans. Uh, say E again, elaborate on future? Elaborate on positive memories, uh -huh. experiences, and future plans. I love it. What a great use of Z also. I was wondering where that Z was going to go. Mm -hmm. right? Zero in. Is it going to be zero was, or zebra? I'm glad it was zero. <laughs> I was perplexed because I thought it was spelled with an S. So I was like, okay, I guess it's the Canadian spelling. <laughs> I'm like Z, xylophone. Wait, no, that's an X. Damn it. Yeah. Right, uh, so I will, I will, if you send that to me, Scott, I'll put normalize. I'll put that in I the show, no, show notes as well. At least a, maybe a link to it. Do you have it as a link? Uh, I don't have it. Well, I can see if I can find it as a link. I will send you the screenshot. You can okay. edit it. And you can mark out Department of Houston and put, you know, Scott Pearson right over the top of it. So I get credit for SPU. Yeah, SPU. SPU. Uh, um, I think a couple other things that are important for, uh, for me, at least, I've been meditating. Like this is part of the. Per, this is my personal development, I guess. And so, anyway, meditation's been helpful for me. Um, breath control, um, breath focus. Um, I finally, I I'm like the cheapest person you ever met, but I, I paid fifty bucks for an annual membership to this app called Balance, mm -hmm. um, because it's supposed to be customizable to every person hmm. um, so that you can you can like after every single uh, meditation you can 
rate it and then give them feedback and then they'll build they'll build the meditation specifically for you interesting for me at least it um it helps to settle a little bit of the anxiety that uh usually sits on the surface right for me and i can just add to that real quick i just heard at a meeting a zoom meeting this afternoon and maybe you guys heard this as well that the app 10 percent happier mm-hmm Yep. is doing a, a um, promotion for first responders, uh, six, yep. month, six months free. Yep. I don't have anything else, Scott. Yes, sir. Is there anything you want to you wanna end with or add bef- uh, before we sign off? Uh, you know, uh, once again, I guess to uh, the disclaimer, we are not experts. We're just a group of guys uh, sitting here talking, sharing experiences. Uh, I hope this has been or will be helpful for somebody out there and uh personally i just uh i'm looking forward to this to uh being over because as we stated before as i said before i'm a hugger this is tough for me not just be able to handshake is one thing but not be able to hug folks is it's it's rough hugging it's might be done communication affection it, it might be done it is not done okay good yeah, just remember, normalize. That's the acronym, normalize. Zero in. Yeah. I really, yeah, I, really, I want to try and memorize that one. I really like it. Things you can control. So, you guys, I thank you both very much. Two of my favorite people in the Bureau. Be safe out there, everybody. <laughs> Take care, you guys. Talk to you later. Love you guys. Bye. Take Bye. care. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.